Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Come on to the theatre. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil King. And me, Neil Cowan. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're new to the podcast, welcome along and thank you for joining us. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes through our accounts on Facebook and Instagram, as well as all the usual podcast outlets and manxradio.com forward slash podcasts. Coming up on this week's podcast, I speak to Joe Hillard and Bethany McGee, who are two Manx performers who are running a mystical musical workshop over the half-term holidays. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it yeah. sounds great. How were they? They were really good, actually. Yeah. It was a really good, really good fun. And, and listening back, you just realise how much of a giggler Joe is. <laughs> so many times through. And he's a loud giggler too, oh, as really? well. Did you edit most of them out? Or... <laughs> there, was a lot, there was a lot of compression required yeah. on some, some, of the, some of the laughing. But yeah. Fantastic. So we're back in the Manx Radio Studios. This is exciting. It's the yes. first time I've been back anyway. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, it's good, good to be back and uh, yeah, nice to have two microphones it again is, as well. It is. We were getting a bit close there on the other one, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> no, as, as good as my dining room is, it's, yeah. uh, it's better when we've got two microphones, isn't it? <laughs> Definitely. So actually, you know, now that things are sort of getting moving again, the, the, actually, the calendar's starting to fill up, isn't it? It is, yes. And there's quite a lot on now, actually, between, between now and Christmas. First up, on the 29th to the 31st of October, Gina's Dance Academy are performing GDA on Broadway at the Gaiety Theatre. Fantastic. Then we have, from the 5th to the 7th of November, the service players present Wind in the Willows at the Gaiety. Look forward to that. Now, I play a massive part in that. Massive. I am Cyril the Stoat. Oh. Yeah, the big part. That's what, that's the character everyone knows from Wind in the Willows, don't they, obviously? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Toad, <laughs> it's Ratty, it's Mole, and it's Cyril the Stoat. Cyril the Stoat, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's a great cast, um, a great lead cast. We've got um, Simon Fletcher yep. as Ratty, Dr John Snelling as Badger, mm-hmm. Gemma Varnum as Moley, uh-huh. and the fabulous Chris Kane as Mr Toad. Oh. The, the part he was born to play, really. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's very good. And uh, quite a big cast as well of uh, you know a lot of, lot of strong people in there. So Yeah, there's lots of, of well-known names in the other mm, parts as well, isn't yeah. there? So. so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. So then coming up after that then, on the 19th to the 21st of November, the Russian players mm. are presenting Death by Fatal Murder at the Aeronaut Centre. Fantastic. Then on the 4th and the 5th of December, uh, we have Move It. They're doing Move It to the Rescue at the Gaiety. Uh, free shows, isn't it? Friday, Saturday afternoon and Saturday evening. Yes. Then on the 5th, also on the 5th of December, running through to the 12th of December, the Peel Pantaloons out at the Peel Centenary Centre are doing their production of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. That should be good. I've got my ticket for that. Excellent. Then on the 6th of December, Taylorian Productions are presenting Sunday Night at the Villa. And there's, there's there's quite a star-studded cast in this there, isn't is there a so huge, far? huge cast, isn't it? I mean, already they've announced Matt James, Jack Divers, George Maddox, Damien Neal, Lisa yeah. Kreisky, Christine Sutcliffe, Lewis Kelly, Emily Coates, Mandy Griffin, Joe Hillard, Joey Wilde, Lorcan O'Mahony. And who was the big star of this production, though? Well, I might be appearing myself as well. Mr Neil Callan. Hey. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be going to be a lot of fun. There's, I mean, a lot of really, really good people there and, and me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Lorcan's going to give us uh, some teasers as well from next year's School of Rock. So I'm looking forward oh, to that. That's good. going to be fun. Fantastic. And, you know, actually looking at that list, you know, there's only there's only a few there that haven't actually been on the podcast. We've actually spoken to most people yeah. on that list already, haven't we? Yeah. So we'll have to get the, the people missing. There's only a couple, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And then actually then following on from that, we have the Panto. 
Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's Christmas. So that's the Panto then at the Gaiety. That's running from the 19th to the 30th of December. And this year it is going to be Sleeping Beauty. That's right. Originally it was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, mm-hmm. but with some of the restrictions and things, they've, they've made it a bit easier for themselves and they're doing Sleeping Beauty instead. Uh, and they've announced a couple of members of the cast so far. Yeah. We've got Lisa Kreisky as Carabos, mm-hmm. which is kind of the Maleficent-type role. Huh. Uh, Jack Divers is Joey the Jester. Mm-hmm. And Lewis Kelly as the Prince. Fantastic. Mm. Sounds good to me. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that, that finishes off the year. A couple of things coming in the new year, which we'll talk about nearer the time, I suppose. But in January, we've got Christine Wilde Theatre School are doing Wizard of Oz at the Gaiety. Then the DCU are doing Shrek the Musical in February. Fantastic, yeah. And in March, we've got the uh, Festival of One Act Plays at the Erin Arts Centre, uh, presented by Madfa. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing Shrek. Mm. I know they've they've been doing some uh, some makeup courses and workshops yeah. recently. There's been some fantastic pictures coming up on Facebook and Instagram of amazing, oh, yeah, yeah. Jonathan Slight as, as Donkey looks fantastic, <laughs> yeah. and I, I really must check to see who was playing Pinocchio because I couldn't tell with the makeup and, and the nose, the prosthetic nose yeah. that they've got on. Oh, it's uh, Lewis yeah. Lewis Poultney. Lewis Poultney. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course yeah. it is. Yes, yeah. Lewis Poultney. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't tell from from the pictures. He's, with... He said it's very uncomfortable, but it looks great, doesn't it? It yeah. does look it great. Does, yeah. yeah, we have to suffer for one's art. We yeah. do. We do. Well, he, he does anyway. <laughs> he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not us anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right then. So it looks like it's a bit of a bit of a jam packed few months coming mm, up, isn't it? Yeah, and lots to look forward to. Great, isn't that? Right then. So shall we have a listen to my interview with Joe and Beth? Let's do it. Great. Well then, here we go. This is my interview then with Joe Hillard and Bethany McGee. I'm joined on the podcast today by Joe Hillard and Bethany McGee, who are two Manx-born performers who have come back to the island during lockdown. Oh, actually, no, actually, you haven't come back to them because you're already here, aren't you, as a teacher? Yes. Yes, uh, but you are setting up some mystical musical workshops over the Halloween half-term. Yes, we are. We've come back and we've decided that we want to put our two different skills together and bring back what we've learned in the UK over here. And we're going to be doing lots of different workshops over the coming months. Yeah, um, it was because I kind of previously, whenever I've been home, I've tried to kind of put on a workshop for a massive kind of range of, of, of ages. I've kind of like helped out at stage one and trying to just do as much as I can in the short periods I get home for doing kind of musical theatre or dance or singing or or kind of whatever I can try and pass on and and Beth obviously whilst training in theatre and then directing etc has done a lot in her past with like teaching and childcare and and whatever else and now is is um working as a teacher so we thought we could kind of merge the stuff that I've done previously with the stuff that Beth's done previously and try and do some workshops that's not just kind of half-termy childcare type yeah. stuff or just musical theatre and just try and merge it a little bit more and make it a little bit, bit, of fun. Well, a bit different to kind of, yeah, what we've yeah. done before. It's not as kind of intense. It's a bit more chilled and... and Relaxed and yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. So this is for year two to year four children then as well. Yes. So that's what, that's age six Go on, go on to... Beth, you're good at that one. Six to ten? Nine. Yeah, I think so. No, yeah. about six six to nine, but the other workshops that we're gonna be doing we're gonna to go to the older ages as well, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna kind of vary it up a bit. We've had um we had a number of people kind of contacting us being like, Oh no, it looks great but uh but our person's a bit too My bit kids too in old. year six. Yes. <laughs> um 
So, but no, we definitely kind of want to to offer different age ranges. We just we started. We thought that this this first one would be good for a slightly younger audience. Yeah. So what what have you got planned then over the the two days? It's Tuesday and Wednesday, the twenty seventh and twenty eighth of October. Yes, we're going to be doing some dancing and singing, putting a kind of a number or two together. What I found personally when I've done the workshops before is that there, there always seems to be a lot of pressure on kind of ah oh, what we're doing is spending two days to put something together to show the parents which is incredible and it's it's so much fun for the kids however i found a couple of times that it's been so much about the putting on a performance that you you lose a day and a half of workshopping and having fun and doing things yeah you lose, to lose the fun out of it yeah to, to kind of drilling them to kind of get it right yeah which inevitably doesn't tend to happen when no. they've had two days and something kind of will go wrong and it's 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 good fun but we thought that we could try and kind of remove the aspect of drilling these kids to perform for their parents yeah and kind of fill the two days with activities and fun while still doing singing and dancing and, and learning and putting stuff together we could do more kind of creative fun games and and whatnot yeah just kind of removing the pressure part from it and just enjoying two days together i suppose there's more games and things like that that you can put into it then Mm -hmm. that helps them sort of learn the skills and things like that without actually sort of going okay well we've got like two hours to learn this number and everyone needs to learn the song and the dance routine that goes with it because we're going to perform on friday yeah that's another thing as well they'll kind of go home then at night and spend the night kind of drilling these lines into their heads and um I, i did i did one workshop previously where we kind of removed that performance at the end of the week and it just kind of left a bit more freedom to kind of do those games and stuff that yeah they still get yeah everything they need out of it if they're coming for the practice in theater or whether whatever they're coming for they kind of still get just as much if not potentially more because we can vary it up we can do different things yeah but... we're, we're aiming to do one or two songs on the last day anyway for the mm. parents so they still get to see something but yeah it's yeah, not yeah a we haven't removed it completely yeah yeah, yeah. so we've got a bit of both best of both yeah. worlds really there you're just not not doing an hour and a half show no it's not <laughs> it's not just focusing on that it's yeah. you, we're going to show the parents kind of what we've worked on but without it being two days of preparing just for that yes yeah. yeah good good great so uh these workshops then they're going to be done at the manx operatic society's uh, rehearsal rooms at the end of Fidge road yes um yes. that's where we started mm-hmm. doing all of our shows really so so, yeah it's where we met so it's quite nice to go back there it's a brilliant space and i don't think it's utilized enough so it's really nice Mm. that we can get in there support the manx ops as well Uh, obviously with everything that's happened with them with covid and their shows and things like that it's nice to support them and yes it's a lovely space and it's close to town for the parents as well so yeah, it, it is. It's a great space, and the thing I, that I, I like because I've spent a lot of time down there myself mm-hmm. over the years is that I love also where we met. It is where we <laughs> met. Yeah, yes, where we all met. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the way that when they when they built sort of that that, that main room is that they've actually built it to the dimensions of the of the Gaty stage. Which mm-hmm. when you're rehearsing in there and then you're transferring that show to the stage, there's very little that you actually have to do other than allowing for set yes <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't really have to make things bigger or, or things smaller because you know you've had a, a room that's like twice the size of the gaty stage so yeah it's it's a really handy little, little space down there oh no definitely that can always be a nightmare when you're rehearsing somewhere and then you move into the space and it's just totally different yeah um and it kind of throws everything off and you just spend days reworking the entire show but um no, it is a great space. And also they have, as well as the actual rehearsal room, they have like the breakout space. Yeah. Like it's it's a really good space to hold something like this because 
yeah, you have the different facilities there to kind of really accommodate it. When yeah. we, we, sorry, when okay. we were thinking about it and things, we were looking at schools and things like that. And everywhere else we were looking for didn't really have like a relaxing space for the children for yeah. break times and lunch times where they can chill out and play and things like that. So we thought it was a really, yeah. really good space for having a working area and like a chill out play area. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you've, you've got like the main the main room for for like doing your sort of your singing, dancing, whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, and then you can use the the social room then for, for the crafty stuff stuff and the, oh, the breakout yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. there's there's so many great venues on the island for stuff like this. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. It it we were we were kind of like working through going. Oh, that would be good. And then it just kind of sprung into our heads, and we were like, that's perfect. So we contacted the ops, and they got back to us the same day with with plus you can use it. So now it, it, it's perfect for what what we have planned so now you mentioned that's that's where we met that's mm-hmm. where you met what got you started then what what first got you into into joining the max operatic so for me i did shows and singing but only at school and things like that and then dean said oh i'm going to audition for titanic do you fancy it and i was like go on then i'll have an audition and then that's just how it started really it was dean that instigated it i went down had a go and loved it, and then that was ever since. And when we were in Titanic, we didn't really get on, did we, Joe? Um, we no, just, they didn't like me very much. Yeah, we didn't well, get on. Oh, you were up there in your crow's nest. Yeah. <laughs> Lord knows us all. But we soon became really good friends after mm. that. When we yeah, we did a show at school. After, after Titanic, we did a show called Beats at School, Beats and Balls, and we, we made friends there. Yeah. And <laughs> been inseparable since. Was that Balcomino St. Indians? What about you, Joe? It was the, the, the Christmas show at school. And at primary school, they probably still do it the same now, where they kind of put on a show and like the year sixes play like the leads in the show. And every other age group or, or um, class will do like a number or a something kind of as part of it. Yeah. And our class uh, was doing um, One Vision by Queen. And I got chosen to be freddy um <laughs> i made my own t-shirt and chopped off the arms and these glitter pens and well. stuff yeah i drew it on um right. it was fantastic and there's definitely videos out there that none of you are ever seeing and i'm sure if we look hard enough on facebook it's probably there somewhere <laughs> and um or will be later yeah i i went to balacotia and one of the parents dawn wilders came to to see the show and i went to Parkhouse nursery at the time which she kind of co- managed with Jane Sabacus uh-huh. and I got called into the kitchen because uh, I went to park hours after school and Jane called me into like the office to talk to me and I was like oh god what have I done <laughs> um, and she'd said that Dawn had seen me doing Freddie Mercury and that the ops were looking to do Scrooge the next Christmas Oh yeah, they were currently rehearsing Jesus Christ Superstar and she was like, do you want to come down and watch one of the rehearsals? So I went down with Jane to watch one of the rehearsals and loved it so I went then to audition for for Scrooge, and then did Scrooge for my first show with the Ops. That must be um, about two thousand five, six, it, something like that. Yeah, it was two thousand. Yeah, Christmas yeah. two thousand five, and then I was too young to do any shows with them after that. Yeah, um, until I was thirty. With until Titanic came yeah. around, and yeah, as soon as I was old, I did a couple of um, the Pantos with with Dreamstar in between, and as soon as I was old enough to kind of get back to the Ops, I was I was there. Yeah, that was it. Then that was the the the, the bug had bitten, mm-hmm. and you were oh, in. Yeah. So, so Freddie Mercury, then is that 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 what you class then as your your first ever role? Is it? Yeah, that would probably that would probably be my first role. 
what a, what a good first role that is, Freddie Mercury. What about you, Bethany? What what would what was your first role? Mine was the fairy godmother in Cinderella the Panto in my year six Panto at Maurice Road, and I, I still got the dress now. It was a blue dress, and I just oh, I loved it. I felt wonderful. I was <laughs> spinning around the stage, had a little song. Yeah, that was my first one. Loved it. So obviously, then many years of of Manx Operatic Society, and so A levels then on the island. Yeah, and then you were off to off to uni. Yeah, uh, drama school. Yeah, I drama school. To, yeah. Um, so you went to arts ed, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, in two thousand thirteen, I think it was. Um, went off to to do three years at arts ed in Chiswick, which was incredible. Ross and Beth went off to Huddersfield to begin with, didn't you? Yeah. So I tried to get into drama school for a couple of years, and um, sadly didn't get in for acting. So I decided that I wanted to go to uni and then do teaching. So I went to uni and did drama, and there I had the most amazing three years where I didn't just do acting. I did research. I did stage management, directing lighting design, sound engineering, and I had so many experiences. And then there I got to work with two amazing directors in my second year and do a directing module, and that's what got me into it. And they said, oh, you really need to go and do this further. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went to different drama schools for my master's, and I got into GSA, and that's how I got into my directing master's. That's the Guildhall, oh, Guildford School of Acting. Yeah, Guildford School of Acting, Guildford School of Acting, yes. Sorry. Sorry, Beth nice. is the most qualified person you'll ever meet. Um, she just has qualifications in everything. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she literally—I don't know anyone who has such diverse <laughs> certifications. Teaching, acting, directing, beauty therapy, yeah, uh, everything. She literally just everything. She'll go, "Oh, I like that. Let's do a course in it." Are, are uh, you just a collector of qualifications? <laughs> yes, I am. I am actually. Yeah. No, with my directing, I did want to pursue that professionally, mm. but for me. I found that my personality wasn't for the industry. So I made that decision at the end of my course. It was an incredible course. I had so many amazing experiences with professional actors and directors and things like that. But I made the decision that for me, the industry wasn't for me. So No, it's not for everyone. It's a trick. I, I was fortunate enough to get to see some of the productions that Beth directed or assisted on. And they were brilliant. She's incredible at, at what she does and... I had the pleasure of getting to sit with her while she wrote her dissertation and everything else and the amount of work and stuff that she does for these is just insane. But no, it, it's a really, it's, it is a tricky industry, whichever kind of path into it you're taking. It's, it is a weird one and it's not. Yeah, it was really hard to actually make that decision to Mm. not go into it. And it was really hard for me to tell people, especially on the Isle of Man, they expect you to go away and go to drama school and do this, that and the other. And I was really worried about it. But actually, it's the best decision for me because I always wanted to be a teacher, but I got to do my drama school dream. And now I've been trained professionally in directing and I'm doing teaching. I can do both now and love Mm. both of them. So I'm really happy, actually. Be the best produced school stage plays ever. <laughs> I know the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, hopefully then, we'll, we'll, now that you're back, we'll, we'll get to see you uh, directing a few productions here on the island. Hopefully, that's the aim, hopefully. Yeah. I want to put some things on myself as well yeah. in the future. Just yeah. get settled back into the Isle of Man life and into the theatre world and things like that, and then hopefully in the coming years do 
do a bit of my own stuff as well. That's Ec- the goal. Excellent. Yeah, we were speaking a couple of years ago about putting one on, weren't we? Well, you putting one on, but you asked me to be a part of it. Um, but... <laughs> be best um, friends with the yes, director, it, you'll get cast exactly. in everything. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> but, no, the, again, there's, like we were saying, in like rehearsal spaces, just, there's so many spaces over here and venues and stuff that are kind of underused at the moment that um, give you so many possibilities to do really fun interesting creative stuff like we're so fortunate to have the gaiety mm. over here and you like we don't realize it or we take it for granted until we go across yeah and um, everyone's always like oh you're so lucky and then and you're like yeah whatever you're just growing up there and then you go across and and you meet people and the the like amateur dramatics and stuff from from their areas they do it in a school yeah school um hall or a town hall or something and we've got this 800 seater frank matcham victorian theater that we just get as a playground it's incredible it's there's no words for it yeah i mean i've spoken with, with damien and mm-hmm. um michelle and, and chloe on previous podcasts and they said you know the people that you meet at, at drama school you know some of them yes are fortunate enough they've been involved in like the national youth theater and mm-hmm. things like that but then other people are literally in their little church hall production and you know that's that's all they've ever known until yeah. they got through drama school and then and here we are with this amazing theater and just yeah it's exactly, like you, yeah. you do your first jobs and, and stuff and you step onto stages and like you're 21 or so at this point and and there's people kind of stepping on the stage being like oh my god this is like magical and you're like oh yeah and like <laughs> we've just grown up with it here yeah. um so blase about it yeah and then you kind of like you kind of relive it through their eyes like oh my god yeah this is this is amazing we've just had the luxury of, of yeah. having it at our fingertips so you're both are you both involved with with, with productions at the moment or is it just just bethany just me just yeah. bethany. so you're you're involved then with the upcoming production then of shrek with yes. the double score union i am i'm a three little piggy you're a three, you're a three <laughs> well, one, of, one of the three little yeah piggies. i'm sorry i'm one of the three little pigs Right. How's rehearsals going with that at the moment? Really well. So we had our first rehearsal with Perry via Zoom. Oh, right. On Thursday. So we've just started doing the choreography for it. Previously, we've just been doing the songs and doing a little bit of work on the beginning. But it's going really, really well. Lovely cast. A big cast. Yeah. Everyone's lovely. And it's such good fun. And so. it's a full Manx production team as well, isn't it? Yes, it is. So we've got David Dawson directing, and we've got Liz Dixon as, as the musical director as well. And obviously Perry is, when he's here, he, he can be, but obviously he's still in London at the moment, so he's zooming in with his with the choreography, which must yeah. be interesting as well. And we've got Julia Bratty, who's helping Perry. Yeah. She's the dance captain. So oh, she's, she's amazing, though, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, she's really helping us out, because the Zoom is amazing, but it's hard to think oh, what's happening up there and bringing it back to us. So she's doing an incredible job as well. Yeah. But it's kind of exciting, like the Zoom and stuff, because it's like, obviously, COVID's a a nightmare for everybody around the world. And we're very fortunate here with the situation we have right now. But similarly, it's forcing everyone to find ways to be creative, like find like different ways around it, like the situation with obviously Perry's having to teach you over Zoom, but but people are just finding any way that they can to still... Life finds a way, doesn't it? You know, and there are probably things that are happening now that probably wouldn't have happened had COVID not been around. No. People wouldn't be back in the island and meeting up for a coffee and thinking, hey, why don't we do this? This sounds mm-hmm. like a good idea. And Like Chloe and Michelle. Yeah. And like, just, yeah, it's... I, I was back on the island for only a short amount of time once I finally got back over here. And literally within like the first month of me being back, there was Calendar Girls was on. I went to see Stephanie Gray doing a one-woman show down in Laxey that I went and helped do tickets and stuff for Chloe and Michelle's show down at Castle Russian and I was like 
people are just finding ways to be creative and, yeah. and and it's amazing because obviously everything was shut down and and stopped but you can't really <laughs> you can't stop people who want to be creative no, no, not, <laughs> not find any way possible to do it If you're interested in local musicians and artists, check out our sister podcast, Supergroup, where Neil King talks to Manx songwriters and musicians as they set up their fantasy supergroup. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. So when when COVID struck, uh, were you still in the States? Yes, yeah. I Oh, God, it was awful. I was stuck in the middle of the Bahamas. Oh, sounds um, awful. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I was doing, doing Greece um, out with Royal Caribbean we were docking in and out of Miami but we didn't we were very fortunate on our ship that we didn't have any cases any yeah. scares no nothing so we were still fine and it didn't really hit the states until after the cruise industry kind of voluntarily stopped yeah and we started to get sent home so even when we were there there wasn't really anything so we were really fortunate but yeah they kicked off all the guests and then they were like right we're gonna go back out to sea and we're gonna sit out in the middle of the ocean and kind of wait it out because we originally planned to go out there for 30 days and then we'd take guests back on (laughs) that clearly (laughs) didn't happen but yeah so i spent 14 days then on a boat that was just anchored out in the middle of the bahamas lying in the sun with no guests having a bit of a party it was brilliant there are worse things happening in there but obviously, no, it was a nightmare because obviously, like many of us, we it did involve us then losing our jobs and getting sent home into the middle of a pandemic. I had to fly back from the States, which wasn't ideal. And obviously, returned back to the UK after the borders had closed. The ship kept me on a bit longer than some of the other cast because they couldn't actually get me back here. Yeah. So I ended up getting back to the UK and going to stay with a friend's family for about three and a half months then before I finally got back. Right. Um, yeah, because if you went in by that that Tuesday yeah. Wednesday, that was it. You were, and it was tricky at, yeah. at first as well. Like obviously, people have their own opinions on like the border situation and stuff. I personally fully agreed with them totally shutting the borders. I thought the entire world should have done that. Obviously, it made it tricky for me then getting home and seeing yeah. like my family after I hadn't seen them already for a, a long amount of time. The kind of the restriction at first was prove you've been resident within the last six months, and I was like, I've been in the middle of the ocean. I haven't been resident anywhere in the yeah. last six months, which um, really waters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Really kind of put put a bit of a, a um a blockage in there, but no, eventually it got worked out and I was able to get back. Um, and I'm so fortunate now because a lot of my friends, there's just nothing. Yeah, they're, they're kind of stuck in the UK with the whole industry's down, and some of them have even just trying to get a normal job have been out of work for the past six months just trying to get something yeah it's it's really it's it's not great over there but with our situation over here we, we can't complain it's just we're very lucky yeah so, lucky. so moving on then over the years you've probably been involved in in lots of different shows what's the favorite role that you've played oh well mine's definitely tracy turnblad absolutely loved that role it was so fun to do and i'm just really like tracy aren't i oh yeah so it was really fun to bring like my character out in that and it was just it was my main first ever main role and it was the whole thing about yeah it was i i did jan in greece but it wasn't the lead it was my first lead and it was just oh i loved it absolutely everything about it the rehearsals everyone was lovely yeah Favourite role, definitely Tracy Turnblad. I think it's another one of those shows that's just really good fun. And when you, yeah, when it's a fun show, it, it just already makes yeah the whole thing easier and yeah. more enjoyable. We had the same with, with, with Spamalot mm. last, last year. Mm-hmm. The five, six of us were just, it was just a, a, a riot every rehearsal. Yeah. 
And it's a dream. When you get a cast where everyone's kind of just nice to work with, mm. um, it, oh, it makes such a difference. And everyone feeds off everyone else mm-hmm. as well. And suddenly, like, yeah. when everyone's there, it, shouldn't, it just jumps up two levels and it's just it's amazing. Favourite role for me would have to be Joe Casey in our house. Same summer as Hairspray. Yeah, that was... Uh, we did it once in Peel mm. one summer. Down the Centenary Centre. Yes, and it went down... Like, uh, just went down amazingly. People just seem to love it because um, it is. It's such a good show, and you, you either have love for it because you like musicals, or you have love for it because you like madness. Yeah. it's kind of one of the two. And it's again, it's 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 just such a fun show. But as a part, Joe Casey's definitely the best part I've I've ever played. It's just it's like I don't if if anyone didn't see the show or whatever, it's kind of like that kind of sliding. What's it called? Sliding doors. Yeah, What's, yeah, sliding doors like that um, film where it's about him and he picks the good path or the bad path. Uh-huh. But it ends up meaning you don't leave the stage because you act out like every scene as good and bad Joe. Jekyll and Hyde um, is exactly yes, the same. If you're yeah. not on stage as Jekyll, you're back on yeah, as Hyde. And it's, it's just like, look, there's like three songs the entire show that you're not on stage mm-hmm. for. <laughs> it's intense, but so much fun. Oh, and yeah. then you're doing like, you end up doing like a, a five second quick change behind a bunch of umbrellas. And it's, oh, it's, it's, it's frantic, but brilliant. Many years ago, um, I think it was Beauty and the Beast or something like that. The Manx Operatic Society. Did. I don't think actually, I don't think it was Beauty and the Beast, but it was another panther that they did. But David Artis was playing two princes, Prince Casper and mm-hmm. Prince Jasper. One was the good guy, one was the bad guy, and he was coming off into the wings and going, "Who am I? <laughs> 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 Which one am I this time?" Yeah, yeah, it's stressful, but it's it's great. You um, it, in that show it was similar. I had um, either Sandy Divers or or Jules kind of in the wings helping me like change or whatever I'd literally just run off I was like where am I coming on from and they just send me around to the other side of the Over stage yeah um, <laughs> yeah frantic but brilliant great so dream role then what would be the what would be the ultimate role that you would just have to play go on Bethany mine's Reno Sweeney from Anything Goes oh, oh. Yes. I just love the music I love her character you can do so much with that character she uh, I wish I was a tapper but if I could tap that would be my role <laughs> oh, we all wish we could tap to me Joe. Oh, I love uh, tap. It's my favourite thing. A favourite thing. I absolutely love it. I try my best. Yeah. No, you started doing some lessons and stuff, didn't you? Yeah, at GSA we had to do some dance lessons, so I started tap then. But I, 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 I got a few steps in. Are you going to do more over here? Hopefully. <laughs> you should. I think I've, done, I've done the same tap routine in three different shows, so <laughs> I, I can do that tap routine. But anything else, it's, it gets a bit tricky. But... Oh, I'll teach you some tap, Neil. Oh, great. <laughs> um, you can teach me. Yeah, if you want. Yep. There you go. And anybody else who wants tap lessons, contact Joe Hillard on. No. <laughs> um, I my my dream role. Is, hmm, I've got three. I do have three, and I'm what's, not allowed to. Go on then. No, you can go for it. What's, okay. what's, what's in the bucket list? Okay, my three would be Elder Cunningham in the Book of Mormon, uh. Evan Hansen in Dear Evan Hansen, and Guy in Once. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, they would be my three. They'd be my top three. Cunningham's probably the, the one I'd... I've, I've been very close to to having the chance so I, that kind of makes it even higher on my list yeah because it seems more achievable <laughs> I, do, I do i do love that show it's, yeah. it's not one i've seen but i've listened to the music so many times oh, oh you, you need, need to see it, it. i know yeah. it's been it's been such a long time since i got down to london that's the problem i think the yeah. last time last show i saw in the west end was uh billy elliott uh-huh and that was on my honeymoon in 2008 oh my gosh really but and this isn't going to go on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> um the night that we were there was the first night of a brand new Billy. And we were sat front row of the dress circle. We'd been given some fantastic tickets by, by a good friend of ours mm. as, as a wedding present. And we were sat next to his family. 
Oh, wow. So that was 2008. That would be good atmosphere, that, wouldn't it? And there's there's a young man who's quite well known nowadays. Was it, was it Tom's it was first Tom night? Holland. It was oh Tom my Holland's God. first night. We were there. Tom. It was just like... Beth's looking like, <laughs> who's that? You know Tom Holland. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. No. You don't... Oh, my God. Uh, have you seen The Impossible, the tsunami film? Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. one of the young boys in that. So okay. he ended up being Spider-Man and in all the Marvel films and the Avengers films and stuff. Um, he's also the voice of the lead guy in Onward, if you've seen the new Disney Onward film. Okay. That's um, very good. We watched yes, that last week. Yes, very good. Um, but he started off as Billy in the West End. Oh, wow. Well, he played both. He played Michael first. Yes, he was he, he was as Michael, yeah. Um, yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen something in London for that long. I know. Have you not been down there? Or I've got kids. Had yeah, that's a good point. Kids. So Very it's, good point. Yeah. You need to see Come From Away. Yes, yes, I do. I do. I do. I need to see it. Yeah, everyone needs to see Come From Away. Yeah. Obviously not right now. No. It's not happening. But, you know, it's, there's that whole Islander thing as well, I think, has a, has a big strong link in yeah. there as well. Oh, I, I was watching it going, this would be the perfect show to come to the Isle of Man. <laughs> Plus also, you know, we've, we've got a good a good strong link with it as well, because Tara Wilkinson, or Tara yes. Overfield Wilkinson, as she is, yeah, yeah. she was, she's obviously got strong links with the, with the DCU for several several years, and she was she was the uh, associate director on mm, that show. So. I think we should talk to her and see if we should put on a production over here yeah. whilst everything else is shot off. We need to, we need to sort something, don't oh, we? Yeah. 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 Okay. Which part were you born to play? Now, this can be the part that is most like you as you are, or the mm. part that you think you could just go, I could just step into that role and play it tomorrow. See, I'm going to repeat myself here, Tracy. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, Tracy. That was my dream role, and it still is. I still absolutely love her. And yeah, that's the one I would definitely, I'd do any day of the week if someone said, Oh, can we put hairspray on tomorrow? Oh, absolutely, yes. Still no all. <laughs> well, maybe. Maybe. I see. I'm gonna have to repeat myself as well, because um, it would probably be Cunningham or Roger, who I was playing in Greece, because um, both of them are just kind of idiots, really. <laughs> they're just kind of fools, but their energy is so kind of like yeah, hey. it's infectious, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm a bit of a kind of. Bit of a fool, you. yeah. Kind of a bit of a fool with high energy. So <laughs> both of those kind of suit me. I the um the when I had my first audition for Cunningham, I it was kind of totally by accident. But they cannot see me as anything other. But I was outside the room and they opened the door, and I'd just had a swig of water, and the lid wasn't on properly. So as they opened the door, I just stood with the water bottle pouring water all down myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of walked in like, hey. Um, and then my next audition, I went in and I opened up my rep folder and my passport fell on the floor. And they're like, are you going somewhere? Like, what, what is this? <laughs> and then in the finals for it, I I just out of nowhere decided, because he's like, it, it was doing Man Up and it's like a rock ballad. Mm, yeah, yeah. And he is really just in it. Um, and I just thought, oh, screw it. I'm going to try and rip my shirt open. <laughs> And I wasn't strong enough. Um, so, <laughs> so I was like, I started pulling on it and the buttons just wouldn't pop. I just kind of end up just stopping. But it was, it just was accidentally very Cunningham. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and probably most like him, which is a, probably not a good thing to say. <laughs> but it worked. I mean, they yeah. kept seeing me for it. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> one step closer. Yeah. Maybe when it comes back out again, then yeah. then it's yours. Yeah. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil King and Neil Cullen. So over all these shows then, there's always been, I mean, there's a lot of costumes. And, you know, for, for every show where there are amazing costumes, there are shows where the costumes aren't 
the, the budget isn't quite as generous. So what have been the, the best and worst costumes that you've had to wear over the years? So my worst costume was in Little Shop of Horrors, but not the one we did at the Gaiety. We did it at Balcomy. Mm. And I had this one um, coat for downtown. And in downtown, <laughs> we would put our arms up. And I didn't realise at the time, and I went to put my arm up, and the I'd actually put it in the wrong hole because there was a hole in my lining. Yeah. So when I went up, my hand didn't come out at the end. It was just a stump. So that definitely has to be my worst costume. But it's also my favourite because it makes me laugh every time yeah. I think yeah. about it. And I think my favourite costume was in Anything Goes. I sang a little part at the start and I had this beautiful sequin blue dress, which was ombre. Oh, it was absolutely magical. That's wow. my favourite one. Excellent. Do you know what? You've just changed my mind on what my favourite one was as well. Do you have my... a little blue sequin number as well? Yeah, yes. that's exactly what it was. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> my, I was going to say my favourite was when um, I played Larry Hastings in Bells Are Ringing and I, he's like a producer and um, I just I had a suit and I got to go up into the costume cupboard with um, costume designer. Yeah, um, wardrobe. The wardrobe. Yeah. I went, yes, with the wardrobe team, and we were like trying different stuff on, and they were like, "Is there anything you like the look of? Anything you want to try?" And I was like, "That suit right there." And we put it on, and I just loved it. Um, I'm not a suit wearer. I don't like wearing smart clothes. And I, oh, I just loved it. But there was a suit in Anything Goes that I wore, and similarly, I've got a picture of when we, was it. Yes, no, it was anything, guys. Um, when we all had old suitcases, and um, there's a, I've got a picture of it from when when we did it. And every time I look at it, I'm like, that suit is just. I wish I could get that suit now, or it would still fit me, because that would be. Oh, it's, I just love it. The worst costume I've ever worn is one that I was wearing recently on the ship. There's as, as alongside Greece, which is the main show they do like some smaller production shows. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is called Once Upon a Time, which is kind of a combination of retelling of fairy tales through pop music and there was a song that we did and we all came out in really weird generic princey princessy type outfits and um, the person who originated my role was of a different ethnicity than me and it was i think very much designed for him that hasn't carried very well then when it comes to me wearing the outfit it looks like some kind of weird cultural appropriation that's Little Max White Boy. Yeah, it's really, it's not a good look. <laughs> and I walk out on stage every night going, this is not made for me. And it just, I feel yeah. so uncomfortable wearing it. That was definitely the worst, yeah. the worst costume I'd had to wear. Okay, now the next, the next one we've got here is, is probably one of our trickier questions. Mainly also, mainly tricky because of the fact that it's not to go cliche and go, mm. that's the part that everyone chooses, so I'm not, but it's, it's our gender swap question. So which role would you most like, most like to play? of the opposite gender see i've got two and mine are both really cliche sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> cliche's okay one is jean valjean from uh-huh. the Miz. just incredible role love him and one is phantom oh mm. yeah i love phantom and i love him i know <laughs> <laughs> and i love i yeah phantom or jean valjean or jamie from everyone's talking about jamie mm. they're my three really i would probably be Beverly Bass from Come From Away. No. Um, just that show in general, I would just kill to be in it. And if I was swapping genders, then that is the part that I would I would love to do. Her song, Me in the Sky, is just... Oh, Rachel Tucker singing that song is just something else. Um, She's the pilot, isn't she? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first female American pilot. 
and obviously it's a true story, so it's yeah. not just Beverly Bass is that person. Um, but it's it's a it's a great pop. It's it's not like a a lead part or anything because it's such an ensemble led show. Yeah, it's just it's just a good, it's a great show, a good part, and she has a fantastic song. It's a one act, mm. hour and a half show, job done in the pub before nine. Yes, everyone needs to see it because it is just something else. Yeah, you like I am heartless and I've cried every time I've watched that show I saw it four times in the space of a month um, it's just it's 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 incredible okay and one question I like to ask as well sometimes and um, this isn't on your list Neil no, throw no, something out no, there no, oh I gosh but, uh, I, I like to ask this of our, of our <laughs> younger interviewees it's what new shows have you got that you're listening to at the moment oh gosh what you, what's your recent discovery that you just need to tell everyone about Oh, see, this is unfair. I've been out in the middle of nowhere for the past year with no internet. <laughs> so I, I would advise... It's probably been spoken about a lot, but I would advise everybody to listen to or, or watch when they eventually can come from away because it's just fantastic. It's not um, really a new show, but it's a show that not many people... Well, people do know about it, but I think London Road... Mm. See, I don't know that one. Oh, it's <gasps> oh Neil. So I assisted that at GSA for the third years. It was fantastic. Um, the third year actors, and it's a verbatim musical. So it's all based on real life events, and it's the way that it's produced is that you listen to recordings of the actual people, and then you perform on stage. Sometimes you have it with it in it in your ear as you're speaking you speak as you hear it wow. so um it's not rehearsed you just copy it as it you're hearing it whereas we did it a little bit differently we used the recordings in the rehearsals but on stage it was just them bringing it to life and all of the music within that is from actual recordings wow. and then um they came along and they created the score from the recordings so when you listen to it you can and you listen to the recordings it's amazing to hear how they've changed the speech pattern into Mm. an actual song it's an incredible show it's got incredible music and it's just amazing so yeah that's one i would say definitely so clever it's just so clever and well put together the whole show it was one of my favorites i loved assisting on that they have made a film of it with olivia coleman and tom hardy oh um Yes, with, like before she was yeah. Oscar winning. Right. It's still the the national treasure, Olivia Coleman. But before her uh, Oscar winning, uh, it's it's good film. Watch yeah. the film. Yeah. Do you know that's this? Yeah, this is exactly the reason why I asked this question because it's it's way of finding <laughs> new stuff that I've yeah. not heard of before that, that that I get to listen to. So that's that's brilliant. Right, you mentioned a little bit earlier on that you've got some plans for some other workshops. Yes, yes. We we're gonna be releasing. Obviously, we're gonna let the Halloween one pass by first uh-huh. um, and then we're going to be um, releasing some information about um, a Christmas one that we've been talking about um, and yeah we at the moment we don't know how long I'm going to be here for well, yeah. um, I'm back here until kind of at least the cruise industry if nothing else kind yeah. of starts back up again but that looks like it's going to be a while yeah. so um, we're just going to try and try and do as much as we can while, um, we, can. while we can Yeah, and I'd quite like it to evolve as well and um, into something where we can get some of the young children over here to get involved in directing. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of stage management when I was away and things like that and getting them into backstage and getting them into the creative roles as well because mm. we have so much over here for for the actors and the singers and we have we have amazing opportunities to help backstage and things like that. But actually having training in directing and things like that, that's something I'd really like to help 
the younger generations because I know a lot of us have gone away and had the opportunity to direct mm. whereas over here we haven't really had the opportunity mm. and you've got some amazing directors like John Young who's gone away and yeah. found his passion for that and things like that mm. so that's something I'd really like to bring into the workshops yeah. in the future is doing more creative sides mm. and getting those children involved from a young age yeah in a workshop so, setting it's it's good it's you have the freedom to play as opposed to it being a bit like being taught how to do like it's, it's, yeah, it's it, it maybe some directing workshops for, for adults too oh yeah i would definitely yeah. do that i would love mm. that it's when you when i went away and at university and at drama school i realized how amazing it you what amazing things you can do having that training in the creative yeah. things and i think over here you think oh i'm a performer so i must go away and do a performing degree at drama school whereas there's so many amazing creative yeah. degrees at drama schools and at universities that i didn't know about until i went away and um, so it'd be really nice to get those who don't really want to perform mm actually going away and making a professional yeah it. and i do think that's a bit more restricted over here as, mm. as a kind of pathway because we're very fortunate there's so many production companies and stuff are putting stuff on which is amazing for people who want to be on the stage however there and whilst there is still a lot of opportunity for it it does tend to be a lot more once you're in you're in yeah. when it's when it comes to the other side of things yeah. um so no definitely kind of opening opening up to yeah, getting people to just experience I, mean, I, I, I know, things. I know a lot of people, myself included. You know that whenever you're setting a new show, you always have a hundred different ideas and think, you know, I would love to have a go at directing, but mm. then you're gonna go, I don't really know where to start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. And and we're not kind of just hold, held off to kind of kids or anything. Like I personally would love to do. I did um, a couple of years ago. I did an improvisation workshop with a bunch of youngsters. And they were absolutely brilliant at it. Um, and obviously, everyone always cowers away from improvisation. Me too. I hate it. It's not. It's been takes a, a certain long type time of people. Since I've done improv. Um, but honestly, like we just had a few days kind of playing, and then these kids. I was like, right, you're going to rehearse a song. You're going to learn it in your pairs um, or your threes or whatever. Learn the song, rehearse it. You're ready to perform it for your parents. However, we're going to do all the workshop and the the games, drama games on on improvisation. And then on the day, your parents are going to pick who you are, where you are, what you're doing. And then you're going to improvise a scene that leads into your song. You've got to find a way wow. to segue into your song. And do you know what? They were incredible at it. They were, I think the youngest was nine. Yeah. And they were just brilliant i mean it's good kids are very good at kind of mm, oh, yeah. at that kind of thing we, we kind of grow up when we grow up we kind of forget how to play yeah, don't we yeah and i'd love to kind of then do that kind of workshop again but for some for, for adults even mm. and like some dance workshops some audition tech workshops some tap workshops for you neil yeah. um yeah. yeah no it's not just kind of restricted to kids we've we've got between us a lot of ideas and different kind of pathways that we'd love to try and embrace and and kind of share with everybody over here yeah because when i was at drama school i did a lot of um voice work as well as mm -hmm. actor training so i'd like to do a bit of that as well to help actors with their voice work and things like that and also with the directing it's less about oh this is how you direct and more about techniques that i'd learnt away that helped me with my directing as well and there's lots that you learn that you go okay i'll take a little bit of that for my director i'll take a little bit of that but also when i was there we had to do an acting module because as they say to be a director you need to understand the actors and the actors work so that's what i'd like to bring into our no, hopeful definitely. hopeful i think between us we've got yeah we've got, <laughs> okay yeah. between us we've got a lot of kind of different experience in in different parts of this business the industry, yeah. well you're both coming um, out from different different areas yeah, as well so um, that gives you a much broader knowledge mm. a group of knowledge to sort of to, to, to feed from yeah so it's 
Yeah, I think the tricky part is then deciding between us which of them to do. <laughs> <laughs> right then. Now, this is this is on the list, and we've oh. already spoken to you about this one. Recently, then, we've set up our own Spotify playlist, and this is us setting up our, our, our kind of our ultimate musical theatre playlist. Neil and I set up uh, ten songs between us of our sort of favourite songs, the best songs that we've, we've sung. In recent episodes, we've had Emma Callan, who chose the overture to West Side Story. Perry O'D chose Being Alive. Michelle chose Beautiful from yes. the Carol King musical Beautiful. And Chloe chose Tight Connection to My Heart from Girl from the North Country, which are some fabulous mm. songs. So, Joe, Bethany, what songs would you like to add to our playlist? Is it, is it one? We'll add one. Yeah, one. Okay, yeah, Beth, go. Mine would be I Love You song from the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. It's a beautiful song, and Lily, Olivia, and Damien, was it, did a beautiful rendition when we did that show. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love how you describe it. It makes me happy. Um, oh, my gosh. Can I, like, add one to the list but advise people to listen to something else as well? Go on, man. Okay, right. I'm going to add Me in the Sky from Come From Away, the one I spoke about earlier on. I would advise everyone to listen to the full Come From Away soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> do you get commission? <laughs> I should, because I do. I literally, I tell everyone You're on the PR team for Come yeah. From Away. <laughs> <laughs> you won't. You'll, you'll understand when you see it, okay? You can mock me, but you'll thank me later. You should listen to... A Soul of a Man is a great song, and oh my goodness, it's really annoying me that it's gone out of my head, but Barbara Streisand and Celine Dion tell him, duet, everyone should listen. Marvellous. Right, okay, well there's some wonderful choices, we'll get those added to the playlist for everyone to listen to. So, the musical workshop then, your mystical musical workshop, it's at the Manx Operatic Society Rehearsal Halls on Finch Road on the 27th and 28th of October. How can people get involved? Email me at joe-hillard at hotmail.com. J-O-E hyphen H-I-L-L-A-R-D at hotmail.com. Wonderful. Or they can contact us on our Facebook page. Yes, so if they too. like our Facebook page, they can uh, contact us on there because that's where all our other workshops will be. Yeah. So if you want to be We shared a link from that last week so people will be able to see that from our Facebook page and be able to find you from there Thank as well. Very much. Great. Thank you. Well, we wish you the best of luck and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Yes, Thank thanks for having, having us. us. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. And that was Neil's chat with Joe and Bethany. Fantastic. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was really interesting to listen to some of the conversations that, that we had there and about just how many different qualifications Bethany's got. Mm, it's amazing. Yeah. All those things. <laughs> and then and then with COVID as well, with, with Joe being stuck on the other side of the world yeah. in the Caribbean on a cruise ship, cruising around the, the Caribbean with no guests on board for two whole weeks it must have been sounds just horrendous. sheer hell yeah, for him sounds sounds horrendous it does doesn't it yeah <laughs> just occasionally sort of nipping back to miami for some supplies yeah and bad. yeah <laughs> awful awful although that that said i don't really envy him his his trip back home through all the different areas and obviously you know for a while there he couldn't get back home to the island because yeah. the borders were closed and it wasn't until they relax things a little bit to let Maxie's come back. Yeah. But yeah, he just had to stay with a friend's parent, family for, for three months. It's like, here we go in, isn't it? But also as well, they're, they're looking to do more workshops, as they said, mm. and some adult ones as well in both in dancing and performing and tap. And also that Bethany as well, she said that she'd, she'd like to do some, some directing ones as well. Yeah. So that'd be quite cool. I'd, look, I'd, I'd certainly have my, uh, put my hand up for one of those ones. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. 
So then, I think that's it. That's yeah. us, really, for another episode, isn't it? So that then brings episode 17 to a close. Yeah, fantastic. Remember to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages to get notifications of upcoming events and episodes. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote in a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that remains is for us to say thank you for listening and we hope you join us again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. And I've been Neil King. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The Manx Theatre Podcast. Taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors' life for me.